What is up, GWB Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Mayfield. And ladies and gentlemen, this is, oh my gosh, this is just a really good episode. It starts off hilarious, and I'm just, I'm so thankful that these two guests came in here and did this episode. Nathan Dickens, who is our first five-timer guest on the show. He's got the five-timers club, kind of like SNL, you know, when you get on the five-timer club. You get like a special robe and a special like entrance pass to the uh, podcast studio. So congrats to Nathan on that. And then the other guest is one of my best friends. I love him. He's been traveling all across the world. It's Mr. Avery Ross. And Avery, Nathan, and I just talk about traveling, the do's and don'ts. We also talk about just kind of how your heart and your mindset changes when you travel um, and when you experience new things and you challenge yourself and you grow your horizon. It's just a really good episode. I just love these two guys and their insightfulness. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you subscribe. We're on Apple and Spotify. So if you're on Apple, if you'll just go give us a five-star and write us a review, it's super easy. You can do it on your phone. It helps the podcast out tremendously. Also, we have merch out right now. We have Comfort Color t-shirts, green and red. I just sold like three or four shirts yesterday. And so if you just DM me on Instagram at the Great Wild Buffalo Podcast, we'll get you some shirts. Uh, we also have hats coming in the first week of December, and they look fantastic. I'm so excited. I'm a little biased, but they do look like phenomenal. So, uh, and, and once again, it just is a fundraiser to help the podcast out because we're trying to get some new equipment, get some more advertisement, get things out there uh, just for the fans. And so it's a good fundraiser. And so we appreciate the love and support. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's so good. It's so good. Subscribe. We love you. And we're thankful for all that you do. And join the herd as you listen to the GWB podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life. Things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. When you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare. The great white buffalo. The great white buffalo. Podcast. What up, GWB Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. This is your host, Ben Mayfield. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I kid you not, this is an incredible episode. This is somebody who I love, someone who I care about, someone I haven't seen in a long time. It's Mr. Nathan Dickens. What's up, Nathan? Hey, how are you, Ben? Dude, I love you, Nathan. And I'm so glad you came back on the podcast. Long time guest. Do you listen to every episode? I've listened to... to Everyone that you were on, which is three. So our next guest, this guy, I love him. He's got the Red Ranger coaster. He doesn't know how to use coasters. He brought a. You can't talk until I introduce you. Just letting you know. And he brought a wet glass that was dripping on my table, my podcast table, and didn't grab a coaster. It's Mr. Avery Ross. What's up, Avery? Hello, everybody. How are you? How do you defend your actions about not getting a coaster? Um, I haven't really like traveled a lot, so I haven't had a lot of experiences where I knew like proper manners of other people's homes. So you haven't traveled to other people's homes. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. This is today coming here to this home was the first time that I've ever left my house. And and I'll and I'll say to Avery's defense, uh, you go to go to the bathroom in Ben's house, and there's nothing to wipe your hands on. Uh, you open up his uh, fridge. There is soap. There is there soap. is only sodas <laughs> and uh, frozen vegetables. There was some like and, sausages and some sausages that he said he had to cook before they go bad. And <laughs> there's no coaster in sight. Uh, I think these are coasters that are hidden. They're they're 
Power Ranger coasters that I think are collectibles. So we had no <laughs> coasters, and then after 15 minutes, he wants to yell at us. All right, guys. Well, let's, let's just get right episode. into it. Let's just dig in some great stuff here. Listen, with the two of you here, with Avery in town, I love Avery, and I've known y'all both for a very long time. And it's incredible because the between the two of you, You've been to more than 20 countries around the world. You've been to several states. You've been to different uh, places within Georgia, within the U.S., within the world. And it's been a lot of um, incredible adventures. And I know some of them. I've been with some of them with y'all, and I love it. But with traveling, a lot of times I hear this thing that people talk about with travel, the world, and and traveling with the buffaloes. Um, Just throwing a little podcast buffalo there. Is... Why do we need to travel? What is the purpose of traveling? What are the benefits of traveling? Besides, like, not just tourism, you know, like, yeah, we can go visit places, take some pictures, but there's like this deeper meaning of like, why do we need to travel? Why do we need to expand our horizon? Why do we need to challenge ourselves into going different places, you know? And is it the different place being a couple states over into a town, a new community? Is it going to a national park and seeing the beauty of, of God's country? Is it going to a different world where you go to Europe or you go to Asia or you go to New Zealand or whatever it may be? Is New Zealand technically in Australia, like the continent of Australia? I've I actually never thought of like that. Oceana? Oceana? Maybe. Yeah. Interesting. But anyways, somebody that, fat checks. Please, yeah, yeah, please do not somebody take message my word us. for that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I just I don't know. I just thought this was a really unique thing, and people who are listening have maybe have traveled somewhere, and so I want them to start thinking like, well, why do we travel? Is it just for the fun of it? Is it for the adventure of it? Is it for the experience? Is it for to to grow as a person by the things that have affected your life? You know, was it called, what is it? Nathan fact checked it. Is it Oceana? That's pretty cool. So. Yes. Anyways, so I, so I digress. I just I was just thinking like, why? And I know. Avery, for those of you who don't know, I'm just speaking a lot here. Avery Ross here has helped me sharpen Iron Chopper's iron. He has helped me expand my comfort zone, helped me grow as, as a person. And he's always a person who strives to better himself. He's always a person who goes, let me listen to a TED Talk. Let me listen to a podcast. Let me read a book. Let me learn from a, someone who's an elder, who's wise, because I want to be the best version of myself. And that encourages me a lot. And you've traveled, and you've done some of that growing. So, and Nathan as well, one of the biggest things in Nathan when he started Wesley was he just got off this world race. And I'll let you talk about world race. I don't want to take that. But it's just both of you just have a lot of wisdom and based off your travels. So I just thought that would be a really cool thing to talk about today. Yeah, so like to start, I think, with like the aim of this podcast with Great White Buffalo, you're searching for something rare or like whether that's rare for you or rare as a whole. Uh, as far as everybody, your travel kind of goes along those same lines where it's like on some level, everyone is traveling for the same reason, right? You're searching for something, fill in the blank. You're looking for something. You're trying to to maybe find what this other area has. And, you know, within that, there's like a tendency, like the grass is always greener kind of thing. Like the answer is not always out there, but there's this deep sense of adventure mm-hmm. with everybody. You want excitement, adventure, and then that changes for like the individual. So things that are attractive to me with travel, reasons I would travel may not be the same for you. For some people now, I mean, it's food. You just travel because you like other food and you want to go see other people and how they cook and how they live and that kind of thing. For other people, it is like 
the culture and other folks that is just strictly the sights and this and the things that they just have to see with their own eyes. I mean, I know I have traveled to other countries strictly because like for whatever reason this connects with me. I got to see that. And you know, whatever right. that is for you, I think is one of those main reasons I think we all kind of travel. I think it is that, that like search for something that you think is out there. Yeah. Absolutely. And I you know, adding on to that too, travel I think it's important to get out of your comfort zone. Um, I think uh, the challenges in life, the the comfort of life, a lot of the things that happen that grow you or that you learn from happen when you're pushing yourself. When things, you know, there is that chance of failure. When there, when there's a lot of things going on, and I I think travel is very important um, to expand one's mind. I think it's important Absolutely. to realize um, not how. Uh, and I don't mean to say like, oh, we're useless and we're just this small part of this world, but to recognize that like we are small, the world is a lot bigger. And you can see stuff on TVs or movies or shows or anything like that, but actually going to experience touch, taste, smell, just everything, you get to see that. I think it's a really important thing for um, growth and to, to recognize that the world is bigger than you, to get outside mm-hmm. of yourself, to really um, just... Uh, there's something about travel um, that I think is very important. And it can be to another county. It could be to another state. um, But especially getting into a different culture, a different society, there's something about that that uh, especially getting out of the – I love America. Um, I don't think – you know, I'm not here to bash that. Uh, But to get outside to recognize, you know, the world doesn't revolve around me. It doesn't revolve around my community. It doesn't revolve around my culture, my country. It's it's a lot bigger than that. And to coexist with people that come from different cultures, backgrounds, religions, I think it's very important just to to see that. And I think it grows you and expands. Even just experiencing it expands your knowledge. It expands um, the bigger sense that we're all together on this planet that I think is very important to, to recognize and to experience firsthand. Absolutely. I was thinking uh, one of the things that, that kind of struck me that was like to expand your mind and like challenge. I think challenge brings growth in your life. And I know from my personal story, I, went, I grew up in Dahlonega, Georgia, went to college at North Georgia College, State University, Go Saints. And I ended up teaching at Gainesville Middle School, which is only like 40 minutes away from DeLong, 45 minutes away. And it was an incredible experience. I would not trade teaching in inner city school for anything because it was a lot of stuff that I, I have a lot. Of, I could do a whole podcast episode about Gainesville Middle School. Shout out to the Red Elephants. But one of the things that happened in my spiritual life, I felt like was I have, I was sharp with my, my teaching craft. I was sharp with developing community. I was growing spiritually. I was doing all these really great tools. I had a lot of great tools in my tool belt, but I was never at a a site that I was never comfortable building. I was never out of my comfort zone. And I was realizing like, what am, what am I missing in this comfort zone? It was because I've been in the same proximity, like the same area. I've never have moved out of North Georgia. Like even if I went to Athens, maybe there's a little bit more of a challenge, or maybe I moved to Atlanta, a little more challenge. But it's still comfortable. It's only two hours away, it's only an hour and a half away. And so I really prayed about it. And I, I remember I was in a small group with with Avery and Winston. Shout out to Winston. And I was like, I gotta get out of this. Like I just like I just got to challenge myself for some growth. And it was my physical like where I was. And I moved out to Texas, which if you know anything about Texas, is like a different country. 
because Texas people are all about Texas. That's that's the absolute truth. And so that's my biggest travel story was I got up all my stuff, found a teaching job in Texas, and Avery once and I road tripped, you know, to Louisiana, Mississippi, a couple different stops in Texas, Austin, Houston, and ended up in a place called Kerrville, Texas, working on a ranch called Mo Ranch. And teaching environmental science type classes and high ropes and stuff. Did that for about a semester from my like August to December. And it was incredible. I loved it. But while I was in Texas, I was intentional about journaling for my faith. I was there to make community. I met people. I lived in a house. This is crazy, y'all. So I lived in a house that was designed. If you ever worked in environmental education, outdoor type world, Nathan probably knows what I'm talking about. It's There's all walks of life that are in this house and there's a room and a bedroom uh, a bedroom and a bathroom for every person and then like a living room and a kitchen common space that we all shared in this house there was eight people there was one <laughs> that was a uh, openly gay there was a lesbian couple that became a lesbian couple while the like four months that we worked there was kind of wild there was one guy um whose like brother died recently and so he became an alcoholic and was drinking all the time, and it was super sad. I had an atheist guy who was a carpenter and had super long hair, hair and a beard who looked just like Jesus and was a carpenter but was an atheist, devout atheist. And he was an atheist because when he was a kid, he got, you know, um, there was an adult within the church that took advantage of things of that situation, so he fell away from the church. Super sad. And then I had... Um, one girl who was unhappy with working in environmental education, she wanted to be married and worked at a zoo, and so she was unhappy. And I had just had this all these different experiences from life that were in this house. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what is going on here? Like, this is not – like, I just came to kind of escape, you know, growing myself, and I realized God put me in this house, and, like, unintentionally, I became the house chaplain. Like I became the one that, that mentored, the one that prayed over them, the one that gave them advice, even though I'm not qualified for everyone. One of the girls' uh, mom had died like six months before she came here, and I just happened to have the life experience of how to deal with that loss. And so like I counseled her and tried to talk to her. I had the, one of the guys who's an atheist, he and I would like not argue, but we would like talk about like faith and like where's his point of view on something, what's my point of view, and like... Do, do I have questions about faith? Like, absolutely, I question things. But that's how I strengthen my trust. And, like, do you ever see things that seem unexplainable? It's like, yeah, and I don't know what that is. And so we, like, just found this middle ground. And then talking to the guy who was dealing with alcoholism to a point where it seemed funny because, like, we went, <laughs> we went to town, which is about 30 minutes away. Went to town, and he bought two six-packs and, like, a couple, like, liquor bottles. And we're like, oh, dude, like, you need to cut down. He's like, no, no, I'll do what I want. Like, All right, whatever. He, we got back. He brought in one six-pack with the liquor bottles. We're like, where's the other six-pack? He's like, drinking on the way here. Within, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. And he's like, I do what I want. So like, But I, I say all this because the traveling part of it was I expanded my comfort zone, my mindset, different religions, different orientations, different um, just races, different states, different experiences and I was like man like I really was not expecting that but I learned and grew so much from those travels and I and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking of like I know you did the world race which is a mission organization and then I know you did some stuff with Europe with Denica shout out to Den 
and like all it's these. My people, wife. Uh, oh, that's Avery's wife, um, Denica Ross. Shout out. And so, uh, just an incredible experience from both over there. Where I'm just trying to think in my mind of like this traveling brings on different things that you're not expecting. And so I, I don't know. I just when when y'all want to talk about one of your experiences. Yeah, I guess first of all, within that, like I think it's really interesting what you said of just like this feeling that I have to like go and do something. I think that's like something a lot of folks can really like connect with and that we've all felt of like, you don't even know where that came from. You just, why, why? but somewhere deep down inside, you know, and you got to go. And mm-hmm. so like Absolutely. going to Texas is essentially, obviously, if you're looking for a different culture, different way of life, going from Georgia to Texas, you're maybe not going to find that as much. It's going to be pretty similar, but the experiences that you have, the people, exactly that story you just told of like, you can have that in Chile or South Africa, you can have it in Texas, the same thing. The place isn't as much as, like, the whole mindset around it, I guess. A lot of times, of course, experiencing different cultures, if you go to Shanghai, you're going to have a much different experience as a whole. Um, but going to Texas and having that whole thing that you're you're saying with, like, different people, different walks of life, that whole thing, that's really, really a cool kind of, like, microcosm of every everyone's kind of travel story is that they see that and, and kind of have that. And I have my own like that, and Nathan does too. It's just... It is cool, just that initial, like, man, I felt the need to come here, and now I'm being challenged and just making me ask questions I wouldn't have asked back home, and I'm meeting people in different perspectives, and it really just gets your brain going and kind of really, really thinking a lot. Yeah, I, I, you know, one of the things that um, I think is important, I think everyone, from my my experiences and my perspective, is that I encourage everyone to travel, mm-hmm. um, but that's not the only way. I, I don't want this to be a, a one, you know, one size fits all type thing, uh, then you run the danger of, um, well, you don't really know till you experience this or you don't, but I, I believe, oh, I don't like when people like try to like look down upon, yeah. like, like, Oh, if you only knew if you've been to, you know, Italy, that this is not really pasta. And it's like, okay, get off your high horse. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. look at me. And, right. and that's the thing is that you, I mean, people, there are some people that feel completely content and they, they love where they're at and, you know, let's, they could stay in Dahlonega their whole life and never, travel but to Atlanta and and good for them. I think there is a bulk majority of people and even for people that don't necessarily feel like they need to do a lot of travel, I still encourage mm-hmm. it just because it does expand. There's many different ways to get outside of your comfort zone. Um, there are many different ways that you can uh, expand and learn from people. Uh, but there's just something about traveling that, that y- you do have some experiences that are just really interesting and when you think back on them, they really do challenge you. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I don't want to just make it a one size fits all, but it is, I think it's very important to at least expand and push yourself a little bit. No, I think that's a great point to make, especially like here as we're getting into it, it's like, just because you've been to 50 countries doesn't make you necessarily a better human being or a a more well-rounded citizen really like of the world. doesn't, those do not necessarily correlate with each other. Mm-hmm. Just because you've traveled more, it may make you more arrogant or it may right. make you more stuck up or it may make you feel superior to other people. Uh, and so there definitely are some like pros and cons and it's more the way you travel. But I think at the core of it is uh, my willingness to really look inside myself, to question myself, to not be above reproach, to recognize that other people to do things differently and that's totally okay. I think that's a huge lesson within that is People do things differently in different parts of the world, and that's okay. It's not better. It's not worse. Just different. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. And so the and I think the biggest thing though is that within that travel, it breaks down a lot of that kind of like us and them mentality. Yeah. Because you see that person firsthand, you see how they're getting up that day and wanting to make a great day and and make a living and put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you. You know, it's not like some they're totally different on that side of the world. It's not like that at all. And so that's a good point. Is like travel doesn't necessarily mean like everyone needs to travel. The more you travel, the better you are as a person. Yep. That's not necessarily true. Right. And for some people, they're meant to stay in a certain community and that's their purpose and that is what they are good at and what they love. Go for it. Yep. There may be a correlation, but there's no, that doesn't always mean there's a causation. You know what I'm saying? That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. grad school words. A um, couple <laughs> of things. <laughs> I just wrote a paper on it. Uh, just want to throw this out there. One of the things I was thinking too with this travel is the people that you meet along the way and one of my favorite movies is Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And through that movie, it's the different people that they meet. Either, They're the best. Uh, yeah, it's the best. Like, they meet the people. They meet Gandalf. They meet the elves. They meet the George. They meet all these different. And like each one brings something to the table. And I, I just think that because of a journey. and like the, 100%. The journey. Yeah. And so Trent, shout out to Trent, who who doesn't use technology. He barely has a cell phone, um, so he will never actually listen to this podcast. But Trent was the atheist that I lived with in Texas, and he was the person, he's my favorite person. He definitely has character flaws, but he's my favorite person, and he would drink only things out of a wooden bowl that he made himself. And it's like a beautiful, like wooden, he had a whole set of four of them, and he would just put ice in it and drink in the bowl, and be like, ho, ho, ho. And like, just had this deep voice, and like, would drink cinnamon whiskey out of the bowl, and I'm like, what are you doing? It's two o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, I made this bowl. I was like, I know you did. And like, then he would make tomahawks and spears, and then like, he would make um, spoons and stuff. Love Trent. He was my favorite person. And not only was he just a character, like almost like a cartoon character of his personality, and he was consistent with it. And I remember one time I introduced him to the show Avatar The Last Airbender. He was like, What is this child show? And then he loved it because it had like nature and like has like the elements. He's like, This is great. I enjoy this deal. Like, can we watch another? And I was like, Yes, we can. And it was like, He's like the Thor where he like throws the cup down, like, I'll have another coffee. He's kind of like that guy. But he was the one that really, um, Helped me grow spiritually by challenging like what I, my beliefs in and right, like yeah. and the way I act and the way I treat people and how I talk to people along your walks. I know y'all have more travel experience necessarily than I do. So, what are some some people that along the way of your journey that really stick out to you? Of like, oh, this person really helped me, or this person was really kind. That that kindness has now like you know affected me and how I treat other people. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot. There's one that sticks out in my mind. I was in um, Malaysia. Malaysia, and, uh, the Prime Minister of Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in Malaysia, and uh, we were doing this. Zoolander uh, reference. Zoo, yeah, yeah Zoolander. Uh, but we were in Malaysia, and I, uh, we were doing this VBS for these kids at this church. And uh, Is this the world race, by the way? Yeah. Okay, okay. And, uh, I, you know, I, I love kids, uh, but I'm just not kind of the you know, jump up and down and scream and get all kids excited. Like, I just, that's not my thing. So uh, we're sitting there, and it's a bunch of these Malaysian kids, and they're, you know, singing old 90s, uh, you know, <laughs> contemporary worship, Lord, I lift your name on high and all this stuff. And Reliant K. Yeah, it, it, and I look over, and there's this one guy, uh, and a lot of places, especially when you get to third world countries, uh, there's not, you know, America is so diverse, ethnic, like, just there's so many ethnicities, there's so many things, um, and uh, uh, 
I look over and he's the only. Uh, there's two black guys there, and then there's a couple of us, you know, white people, and then the rest are these little Asian kids and little Malaysian kids. And I was like, okay, I got to go see what this guy's story is and how he got here. And he was just jumping up and down, screaming, you know, getting the kids excited, worshiping. I mean, just even these horrible old 90s contemporary worship songs that are just outdated. And so I went over to talk to him, and I started hearing his story in in, uh, some years. He was only in his early 20s. And, uh, you know, I asked him how he got to Malaysia and and all that type of stuff. Well, he was living in Africa, and uh, I want to say Rwanda, I can't remember, but a civil war broke out. And uh, his mom and his sister uh, were both... uh, they were both they were both taken advantage of by the opposing um, sides uh, officers, right? Um, and they were taken advantage of a bunch of different times, and then killed um, pretty much in front of him. And then they killed his father and his brother in front of him. And so him and a buddy at eight years old had to run um, when all that was going down. They they saw these things happen. They found an opportunity to run. They just kept running. They were through. Um, the wilds of Africa, running through lion country, elephant country, everything. Um, they had to pass a, a, they had to cross a river um, that, you know, had crocodile. I mean, it was just a very dangerous journey. And they finally get to another country that they seek asylum in, and they take them in at eight or nine years old. Well, after a certain amount of years, uh, the country didn't give them asylum anymore, and they were supposed to be kind of pushed back into their old country. Well, the other forces were military forces were still in control there, and they knew if we go back, they'll probably try to want to kill us. So they jumped on a ship and went to Malaysia, and they've been there ever since. And I remember him talking to me about all this, and uh, I, I didn't know what to Like, what do you say to that? What, what do you, you know, I, I didn't know what to say. And here's a guy worshiping God, <laughs> you know, doing VBS, living his best life, like just so thankful, you know, just giving thanks and even talking about forgiveness for what had been happened to his family and him. I mean, he saw this, he dealt, and I was just thinking, you know, forgiveness is a a really easy principle to talk about, but when you actually have to forgive, especially something of that magnitude, that takes a whole nother weight. And, and to really, for him to process that, go through that and him to be able to forgive, uh, but to love and to care and to still worship a God, man, that puts things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, not many Americans have that much happen um, to them, especially in our day and age. Um, but it, it it definitely pushed me uh, in my own faith and in the own way, I, the way I look at the world and the way I look at how God operates. That um, that was that has stuck with me. That has always been in the forefront of my mind of how to treat people, of how to forgive, of how to love, how to get past things, how to um, know that there is a good God, even when there's horrible things that happen. And so that's just one of the the many people that I've, I've run into, and, and hearing their story, I was just completely blown away. Can I, can I say this, too? Of like, I just, uh, Barbara, a girl that I work with, shout out to Barb, uh, at the church, she was telling the story about this Amish, uh, at this Amish community, this school, there was like a boy school and a girl school, this this random guy went and shot and killed a bunch of the girls at this Amish community, and the wife of the shooter didn't know that he was going to do this, and they had two kids of their own, and was like completely shocked and like so apologetic. The Amish community, the one, the, the parents of the kids that got shot and killed, 
went to her house and brought her food, brought her like supplies, things to take care of her, and this ultimate act of forgiveness. And when she told me that story, and I went and I read about it, like the news articles and stuff, I was like, oh my God, like, like you shot our kids, like the husband, who and then he got killed by the police. And then they go and like bring this stuff, and that impacted me from reading it. To hear what you just said of saying the person who did the forgiving is talking to you, and then you're seeing it firsthand. That's powerful stuff. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you think crazy. about that, they're not even. He didn't even get to stay within his own culture, his own society. He was pushed out, sought asylum in a whole another African country, which they're you know there's similar but very very different. Um, and cause you're going from, I mean, some of these countries, you know, aren't as even, you know, they're about the size of our States, if that, and, and you can go from, you know, from them being colonized, they could speak Portuguese, they could speak Spanish, then you all, they could speak English, they could have different of their national tongues, but then within their own, uh, tribes, they speak different tribal languages. So right. some speak three or four different languages, but they're different cultures and they get pushed into a whole nother culture then to have to jump ship and go to another uh, another continent mm-hmm. to another country that had they, I mean assimil- assimilation is uh, I mean that is super hard especially with a whole nother language with a whole nother people and you stand out like a sore thumb and him having to work through all that was and and with him having a friend I don't even know I think his friend was there but he just has his one friend there that can relate to that that is a big thing to push through and that that just combining all of the, the different things that that has just always stuck out to me and has always been. And you only got that because of the, the willingness to travel yeah. and to expand your comfort zone. Well, and his wasn't you know. even a willingness. I mean, well, he yeah, was his forced, wasn't, but yours but was. But mine was. I mean, being yeah. able to just hear that story. I mean, you even in the news the other day, there was that um, young man whose brother was shot and killed by that Officer. Uh, officer, and yeah. from the the stand, he asked the judge if he he said, "I don't, I I don't hate her, and I don't wish anything on her, and I, I forgive right. her." And he asked, "Can I give her a big hug after shooting?" And you know, he talked about uh, a loving God that just loved her and, and wanted her to know that she was forgiven, and that you know, if she would accept him, it, like that is, you know, you don't have to necessarily travel to hear that, but. You do have to be aware, and and getting to travel, you'll hear a lot of that stuff, because especially around the world, things aren't, they're not, some people think that America's in turmoil, and there's some of it that is, but compared to a lot of countries and a lot of things that are going on, that have been going on, you know, for the past 20, 25, 30 years, there's a lot of stuff out there that you hear a lot of stories that people, it, 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 it expands your mind, and you start thinking about things like, Holy cow! Like it, it, it really pushes you to think outside of that, and that was just, just a huge experience for me that that really pushed me. But Dang. also within that, you're you're connecting a statistic or something you would hear on the news with a face yep. and with a name, and that to me is really huge and something only really traveling can and inviting other people to, into your home or getting to know yep. the stories can do because you can talk about oh you know people from this place and you can stereotype you can do all that. But when there's a person in front of you, it's really, really hard to not actually connect with them and to begin to see your life in their shoes. That's really different and really kind of the power of it is that, man, that statistic or that person or like the term refugee or whatever it is, that person in another country. Well, it's not the term in my mind now is associated with him or her or they or the family. And when I think that, I see them. And when I look into their eyes, I can see that. 
I could be in that situation too, or what would I do? It's not just like, oh man, I feel bad for all those people. It's like, man, that that could be me. What if that was me? What would I want someone to do? You start to get in right. that mindset. Which well, is it's really just powerful. like you know, you you watch. I remember uh, growing up uh, and watching cable, and there'd be the occasional commercials about you know kids in Africa that are starving and they'd have the sad music and they'd have the kids that look kind of Sarah sad. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, and Sarah McLaughlin. Flies yeah. on their eyes and, and stuff. And they're, you know, if you donate, you know, $10, it feeds a family of 10 or what, whatever it is. And, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But whenever you go and you actually touch it and you see it and you actually experience it, there's something you do put a name to the statistic, a face to the statistic. You're able to uh, see it on a level that is just, I mean, it, it blows you away. I mean, the amount of people that are dying from malaria uh, in Africa, which is something we don't even have to think about in yeah, the U.S. Yeah, so many preventable things. I mean, yeah. it, once you see that, it just it, it it impacts you in a way that's a lot deeper than just the knowledge, just the statistic but it actually makes it real life for you. And know that as we're sitting here making this podcast, there are people on the other side of the globe who are fighting for their life from malaria, from uh, things that are um, should be or could be eradicated or at least definitely man- maintained. I mean, there was a kid in Mozambique who um, he was, uh, I think he was eight or 10 years old. And uh, I hanging out, great kid, played in trees, loved to do things, was learning how to do construction, all this stuff. I get back home from the the world race eight months later. He had died from malaria. I mean that that stuff and his face is on that. When I hear about malaria, his face is the thing that comes to my mind, and that's just something that uh, traveling. I mean, it, it's deep. There's there's great stuff about it, but it expands your knowledge and your realm of thinking. Yeah, for for me, it, the people. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I was to say we're not trying to make everybody feel guilty for the kids of Africa. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's certainly it's certainly part of it with like connecting to folks of other cultures. I think that's a huge thing that I saw as I began to travel cuz my dad's a minister uh in the south in Georgia. We didn't move what's, around. What's his name? I mean, uh Jeff Ross. Is Jeff his Ross. Name. Oh, Dr. Jeff. Dr. J. Dr. J. J. Uh, Celebrity. So we didn't yeah, we didn't go really too much. I'm I mean, I've traveled more than anyone in my immediate family, and, and my first time going out of the country was was when I was 21, actually, kind of frustrated in college and all this stuff, kind of like quarter-life crisis, like everyone kind of goes through of like, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> but uh, Exactly, like, what are you talking about? You're just talking nonsense. Uh, but I begun to see that my way wasn't the only way to do certain things, and that other folks was just different, you know? Um my, the people that come to my mind first are uh, a couple named Roger and Margie uh, from um, New Zealand, lived their whole life in New Zealand, had the great accents. You know, he had that deep, thick accent like that. Uh, and then she said darling at the, every single time she addressed him. I was like, oh, Wait, for God, real? you think, oh, Avery, you're kidding. Or that's exactly, every single time in a month I heard her address her husband, he said, she said, darling, at the end of everything, I thought it was just so endearing. But they were like, for me, when I think of like the people I travel with uh, or that I've met while traveling, and you guys can relate to this, and I think if you're listening, you can relate to this, is that you're almost like creating a Frankenstein monster kind of like in your head or like in your personality to where like, man, I want to like piece together almost these qualities of these people that I've met and I want to emulate those and I want to show those in my life. Like I want to be patient like 
Joe was patient. Like, I want to be generous like Jackie yep. was generous. And you see that and you've had that experience and you think of that anytime you're feeling stingy, you know, would mm-hmm. I've seen what generous looks like and it looked really good and it felt really yeah. good. And I have that image in my mind and I'm kind of creating this Frankenstein monster. So for me, I was frustrated in college and all this stuff and I met Roger and Margie and they just... They were older in their 70s, and they were just wise, and they were calm, and they didn't freak out at anything, and and I was just kind of fidgety and a mess and, and, and just wasn't really sure, but man, they just felt sure, and um, they talked to me, and they treated me like I was their own son. They didn't even know me, and I was this long-haired kind of hippie kid that didn't really know how to do anything, and they acted like I was a million bucks walking through the door. And I just remember that of like, man, when somebody comes to my household, they better feel like that because that felt really nice. Um, another person was Jackie. She was a Maori woman. So Maori <laughs> is like the native <laughs> islanders of New Zealand, right? Yeah. yeah. Pacific Islanders, amazing culture. Um, and she had, <laughs> she wasn't even a friend of a friend. She was a friend of a friend of a friend. I was asking around. I was like, hey, I'm going to the South Island. Who should I kind of stay with? I don't really have any money. And they're like, oh, you could stay with my friend. And then that friend was like, nah, but you should stay with this girl, this woman. And so I did. And she called me and she's like, uh, I'm the woman with the tattoo on her face looking for the scared little <laughs> white boy is what she said on the phone. <laughs> and so I get out of the airport 11 o'clock at night. She picks me up. She's got the full, uh, again, don't quote me. Look it up for yourself. She has like a facial tattoo. All their tattoos are really meaningful. You don't just get a tattoo. Uh, it's, I think it's called a moko, actually, is what is, is it similar to like Samoan culture? Super similar. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Um, she picks me up from the airport, got the tattoo on her face, get in her car, don't know this person from anyone on the other side of the world, and she talks to me again like I'm a million bucks. And I had heard all the news in my life that the world is scary and that people are mean and they were going to hurt me, you know, and then I meet somebody like her and I'm like, Or or they hate Americans. Exactly, something like that. And she takes me home to her house, and I learned that she has seven kids that live at home. And her husband is serving in the New Zealand Army, deployed. So she's raising all these kids alone. He leaves at 11 o'clock at night to pick me up and then gives me my own room. She's got Pizza Hut in New Zealand (laughs) ready for me, you know, and soft drinks and all this stuff. And all the kids are, like, welcoming. And this is a total stranger. A total stranger. And she welcomes me like I was her own child. And I just remember that. And every time I'm thinking like Frankenstein monster, kind of like, I want to be generous like she was generous. Or I want to welcome people like she was welcoming to me. Um, I still remember that. I I think about her all the time just because she was um, somebody I would have never met, never would have thought I would have had this deep connection with. But we were just buddies. And it didn't matter where we were from. And it didn't matter that, you know, she was on the other side of the world. We were just friends. We just laughed and giggled and everybody wants to eat and have food and relax and talk together and it doesn't matter where you're from. So uh, there was one more that really sticks out for me. Uh, it's a guy named Reinhardt in Germany. Reinhardt was... Uh, wait, 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 wait. You, Reinhardt in Germany? Yes. You know there's a character in a video game called Overwatch and it's a, a oh German gosh. guy named Reinhardt. Is he nice? Yeah, he's super nice. Oh, my gosh. Well, then it must be this guy. (laughs) So he he grew up watching the wars, watching his city of Berlin get torn apart. Wait, does he have a white beard? He doesn't have a white Ah, beard. He's kind of Reinhardt, pictured in your mind, like kind of big and stocky, kind of a Santa Claus face, rosy cheeks without the beard. Uh, But just like you can tell like all the wrinkles from all the years, Mm -hmm. kind of smiling and laughing. 
and he was like, my friend, my wife and I, Denica, were traveling, and she had a really good friend that she had met on a mission trip, and his name was Lucas, and he was from Germany, and it was his grandfather's best friend, and Reinhardt was like, of course you can stay with me, what are you talking about, you would, ne- you would never stay anywhere else, he's like, I have plenty of room, and we get in his tiny apartment in Berlin, and his whole living room is taken up by this giant bird cage for these two <laughs> little parakeets that he has, and then his guest bedroom is overrun with bookshelves, and there's this equivalent of like a military cot. For the three of us. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I have plenty of room. And I'm like, good. <laughs> you don't actually. But it didn't matter, man, because we got there at like three in the afternoon and did not stand up from that table until about 11 p.m. We were just talking. He barely speaks English. We had a friend translating. We were going back and forth, but it didn't matter. He was so interested in us and told us all these stories and we were connecting. And here's this German guy who's like, the moment he could was going on the other side of Berlin to help other folks. And um, after World War II and, and was just uh, told these stories and, and talked about life and just had this passion for life that I had just never seen before and I fell in love with it. I think about it all the time because it was like, I'm like happy, but that guy was like... Next yeah, level next, type stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unbelievable and so welcoming and so kind and told stories like I had never heard and, and was so interested in us even though, why should he even care? Yeah. But he acted like, you know, the... Queen of England was sitting at his table, you know, and he was just trying to get to know her, you know, that kind of thing. It was like really, really amazing. Um, he told a story just to tell you a little bit about him. This is a gr- one of my favorite stories traveling. He said uh, he was trying to get us like, here's what you really need to know about German culture. He's like, this is what people don't know. And he's like playing like Bach on uh, YouTube and like screaming mm-hmm. out and saying like, this is Germany. This is, you know, all this classical music and going on about it. And we're like, we had like welcoming schnapps, you know, you got to have like a welcoming drink and we're drinking like the best German beer and you can't say no because he's like insisting it on you and it's like his house kind of thing. And he tells a story of, um, he's like, this is Germany. Uh, it's an old tradition in the German military where the at big estate dinners and things like that, um, a low ranking member of the army would sit across from one of the highest ranking, whoever was the highest ranking person there as a way of showing like they were all connected Mm -hmm. and that you could see the top and the top could see. It was a way of like accountability really. And so this kid who gets kind of randomly picked because he was good in his class, but super new and super at the bottom of the military is so nervous sitting with all these big wigs at this big table at this big German dinner that he's freaking out. And uh, the general, the top ranking person's wife asks him for some wine and so he's, he picks up the wine bottle. He's trying to pour it in a glass. He shakes it so bad, he pours it all over the table. And he's like, well, my life is over. <laughs> you know, this is it. It's over. And so uh, he said that at that moment, the top-ranking person stood up and addressed the crowd and looked him right in the eyes and said, oh, my gosh, my boy, thank you so much for displaying this battlefield. I was about to explain the battle of whatever. And he starts drawing with the wine, like, on the tablecloth, like, how his troops came in and where they left. And he was, like, making it so that it was, like, because everyone in the room went, (gasps) you know, when he spilled it, like, what is this guy doing? And the guy totally, you know, disarmed the room and made everybody calm down and made it seem like it was purposeful or this kid wasn't, you know, his life wasn't ruined kind of thing. And it was just a really, really cool story of, like, um, that culture and what the things you don't know if you don't go there or you don't know someone from there. And it, it was like uh, a really cool kind of powerful experience meeting yeah. him. Yeah. Dang. You know that, I don't know this is bad, but it made me think of uh, Billy Madison. 
when um, the kid pees himself at <laughs> <laughs> the toilet. Exactly. Dishonor. Everybody yeah. starts, it's not cool unless you pee your pants. Instead of me, Miles Davis. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just disarming. Um, so that's a, hilarious. Do you have any funny stories from your world travels, uh, Nathan? Yeah, a bunch. <laughs> but like, so we were in, um, uh, we were in, uh, or Ecuador. And we were in Calderon, which is right outside of Puerto Viejo. And uh, whenever you, we traveled, you had to be there. For, we were there for a month. And uh, our contact down there, his name was Percy. Oh, Percy was in a traveling worship band. Uh, he spoke no English. And we spoke, you know, combined of, you know, six or seven of us, we spoke like maybe a half of Spanish. I mean, we were <laughs> not good. And uh, apparently after about two weeks, his band had to go... Uh, his band had to go, I, I, I don't even know, I think they were going to travel around uh, Columbia or something, I can't remember. But uh, he pawns us off to this family uh, in the middle of nowhere in Calderon. And uh, we're <laughs> the first thing that we figure out at, at dinner, we're sitting there and the pastor and his wife and his kids, and they just don't, they're kind of staring at us and they don't look happy that they're doing this. <laughs> and um, they, were, they were very... It, we figured out they were very upset, but one of the things we figured out over the first dinner was that uh, we figured out that they told us that if you have tattoos and piercings that you were going to hell, and oh. uh, and I had the most tattooed, pierced group of them all, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a long two weeks. <laughs> uh, but after a little while, you know, they warmed up to us, we warmed up to them, and at the end of it, you know, we're all crying when we're leaving because it was just, it was it was a hard but good experience, but one of the things in... in what we learned is that if you finish your plate, they'll fill it back up. Uh, no matter if they have a lot of food or a little food, they and what they wanted to do was make sure you were okay. So if you were full, you couldn't eat all of the food on your plate. You had to leave a little bit so they knew you were full. But if you cleaned it, they would just keep serving you. I mean, they would cook more if they had to. Like they, they would just do that. And one of the things they have down there, I'm still not sure what it is, but it's called squeaky cheese is what we called it. It's cheese they make that they leave in buckets of water. I mean, no matter where you go, you'll find it. There's just buckets of water. And when you eat into Ugh. it, it sounds like it's squeaking. Yeah. And it tastes absolutely <laughs> horrible. They put it in everything. <laughs> wait, and, it, uh, wait, wait, wait. You're saying it doesn't taste good? It. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, no, it tastes horrible. <laughs> Even for, I don't like cheese, but people who like cheese hated this. And uh, there was one morning, they kept serving it to us. And, you know, we're trying, we got to eat. Uh, we were living off of $10 a day that had to cover our travel, our lodging, our food, everything. $10 a day. And so, I mean, we don't have a lot of money to go out to, like, buy something else. So we're sitting there. We're trying to eat, and uh, she makes us these pancakes. They smell beautiful. You're like, oh, yes, finally some pancakes. She serves them, and someone takes this big old bite, and then all of a sudden you could hear the squeak. <laughs> she had put squeaky cheese all in our pancakes. So when she was turned around, they had a little compost pile outside. So when she was turned around, I grabbed everyone's pancakes and just left a little bit on everyone's plate and just went outside and put it in the compost pile. Like, mm, yeah, yum. Came, came back in. She was like, oh, are you all full? We're like, oh, so full. So We're full. so full. And there's a little bit less. So you don't have to yeah. do more. But it, it was you know one of those experiences where it was – they didn't want anyone to go hungry. And even if they didn't have food, they were going to find food for you. And it like that was an impact of like, I mean, I don't ever want to touch squeaky cheese again, but man, I, I mean, it was one of those things. It's like, I want to be able to, to be like that too. And then to, to always be a gracious host. It, um, so one of the places I've been to is Puerto Rico. And I went there with Georgia 4-H, shout out to 4-H. And Jeff Buckley, 
shout out to Jeff Buckley, doing a lot of shout outs. Jeff Buckley, he brought Georgia honey, like these jars of Georgia honey, and it had like the University of Georgia on it, and like he would give it to people that we met on the trip. So like we met the the dean of University of Puerto Rico, and it was like it was a environmental science education thing. So we did a lot of stuff like in the LUK National Forest, and like the the tour guide of the National Forest. He gave like a jar of honey and said, "Hey, by half four H and UGA, like we want to give you this jar of honey." And it was cool, it was like a cultural thing. They got the culture of this. <laughs> we, um, I can't remember the name of the island culture of Puerto Rico, but this lady was supposed to teach us, like you know, the different customs of Puerto Rico, you know, native culture. And so it's a, <laughs> a late night, and we all get in this circle, and she like lit these candles. And she starts doing like these dances. We're like, okay, this is this is interesting. We start doing dances, and then she starts chanting, you know, different things. And we're like, okay, like we're supposed to do this too. And the the entire time, natives are walking by us, and giving us like weird looks. And then someone taking pictures of us and like of like us like doing these <laughs> dances. And then she like starts like playing this music. And it has like one of the, um one of the tambourines and is like playing this tambourine. And we're like, what in the world are we doing here? And like, and then she started like. Started like almost like she was speaking in tongues, like looking, like da da da, and then started dancing by herself, not really telling us what to do. We're in the circle, and we're all <laughs> looking at Jeff, like I don't think this is right. And so this guy, like who was like one of the guys taking the picture, uh, we had like a, we said, hey, do you speak English? She's like, yeah, I speak English. We go, what are we doing? He goes, you're acting like an idiot in the square, and everybody loves it. And <laughs> we're taking a picture, and we're like, well, who's this lady? They're like, we don't know. Like, <laughs> like, like she turned out like. <laughs> so 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 it turned out she was not like a native native. She was someone who like Googled something and thought she knew what she was talking about. I was like, no, we don't do this. This is not a normal <laughs> custom. This is stupid. And so we're all like like Jeff, like we gotta get out of here. Like he's like, all right, like, like like get in the vans. It was becoming a, an ordeal because she was doing these chanting with candlelights, whatever. And so he goes and he didn't want to give her a jar of honey. So he's like, on behalf of Georgia 4H and UGA, opens his wallet, pulls out a university card that says Thank you so much. She just hands her like a university card. She's like, oh, th- thank you. You know, we have more we could do. And he's like, no, 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 we're good. We're on a <laughs> tight schedule. This was awesome. Plenty. And yeah. it's like, and we quit. And like this left. And it was just funny. We all just kept making fun of like, on the, the behalf of the all of University of Georgia, here's a business card. <laughs> it was just really funny. Um, so that was one of the things that I learned in culture is make sure you know what you're actually learning and yeah. not just from like some random white lady uh, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> I think that really is hilarious of like one of like the better parts of like traveling is sometimes you have these like moments where you like kind of like blink and look around and you realize like this this is happening right now. Yeah. Like this is where I'm at. This is for some weird reason all of my life decisions led to this moment and I have no idea what is going on. I think of so many times of just like weird situations of like people that are just, you know, <laughs> Character strange. I won't really say anything bad, but like, this is just really, really unique. We were in this uh, <laughs> this bakery in Puerto Rico, and we walked in. It was like, oh, like a like a mom and pop bakery. It looked so good. It smelled nice. And we walked in, and it had like all these like you know the um, the glass where you can see all the different dishes. And we're walking like, oh, this is so cool. And like, we're looking at these like eclair looking stuff, and there's like some Puerto Rican like bakery goods. We're like, oh, we gotta get this, and like, we're gonna get so much food. This is great. And then a big old roach. It's like, <laughs> like over one thing, kept crawling, over exactly. two. And we're like, yeah, okay, 
we're out. Yeah, like, we're gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to Wendy's. Like, let's go. Like, like we just was like, because you could tell there's like no health. I mean, there's like no health code requirement. But just it's different. Like, just different. You know, it's like that's a roachy clear, and part yeah. of me still wants to eat it because <laughs> it looked good. But now I'm definitely not going to eat that. There uh, was a there was one time talking about like, oh gosh, these are my choices that led me here. Uh, I was in Albania. And uh, I was having to go visit a team, uh, we, me and a, another guy, and uh, we talked to our contact. I'm like, hey, we got to go down to, I think it's Valora or something, Valora. It's right on the coast. And uh, we're sitting there, and he's like, all right, I'll take you to where the, the buses run. And so we think we're going to, like, a bus station. And he ends up meeting a friend, Some, I mean, just unplanned along the way, and he had to drive back to the town. Well, he just leaves us on the side of the road and says, hey, my buddy's going to wait with you. There will be a bus that says Valora on the front. You just wave it down and get on and pay him whatever, and they'll just take you. And we were like, "Wait, okay." Well, then his, his yeah, buddy, please, please don't leave. Yeah, me. <laughs> his buddy stays there for like two minutes, speaks no English, and just drives away. And so we're just sitting there, and it's starting to get dark. We're in the middle of nowhere, just on the side of this highway. Like, wait, we're supposed to. And so we finally see this bus that we think's floor, and we're like, "All right." So we wave it down, and we get on there. And as we we put our bags on, and you know, we paid whatever it was, and we're walking to the back. And this guy, as I'm walking by him, he says, what the F are you doing here? And I was like, oh, gosh, this is going to be one of those bus rides. Like, what are we doing? So I was like, you better get maybe stabbed. he's talking to us many times. And I go, we sit at the back of the bus, and then he turns around and says it again. And I was like, oh, gosh. Well, about five minutes later, he gets up and walks to the back and sits next to me. And I'm like, oh, what are we, what, what, what how did I get yeah. here in my life? <laughs> I'm on a bus that I don't know where it's going, what's happening. Well, then he asked me again. What I had found out was um, he had watched just a lot of American movies and thought that we used the F word just like we just threw it in there. That's just what you did. A little so salt, little sprinkle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's he's using it as like a noun, a verb, I mean, adjective, everything. And so he's just talking to us and he'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to see my effing mom. You know, just he's going beep, beep, beep. up, and and he was just curious. He, but he was just it's wanting like a to heart talk. monitor. He was wanting to talk. Uh, <laughs> he was just wanting to talk English to us and just figure out why we were there in the middle of the road and the almost, you know, almost getting into dark. And so, I mean, it was kind of cool though because at the end of it, I got to learn what he was doing and. He was telling me about having to go work in Italy, and you know he's talking about the economy. He's just going through all these things, and uh, luckily he was there because we were able to say, okay, when does this like when do we get off? Because we have no, there's no like next stop here. I mean, right. we're on a bus, bus, and uh, they're not saying like they just stop and open the door, people run out, and you, there's no sign that says go here, go there, we're here. It's just you just know. And he's like, oh, don't worry, ten more stops and you'll be there. And, I mean, it was still like you know three hours or something, but it, it wasn't was, like. I'm walking here, yeah, right? No, right? It, <laughs> and I'm like, what? No. It was, def- like, it was definitely one of those moments. It's Calabunga, like, dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's not walking, talking Ninja Turtles in the, uh, in America. Okay, so traveling's been awesome. I really feel like, you know, it's important uh, if you want to challenge yourself or grow yourself, but it's not like it's the make end all be all. But I just really love the fact that y'all have been here today and talking about different people that you've met, different stories, different reasons, different um, motivations to go out and travel, whether it's to expand your own horizon, whether it's to see different cultures, experience, you know, delicious foods, foods that weren't so delicious, things that were just, I don't know, like things that will be imprinted on your mind and on your heart forever, for real. 100%, um, yeah. So 
for all of our listeners, we know we normally end an episode with a piece of advice, a thing that you would want them to, like a something that, that just sticks with them. And so since it's traveling, what's something that you would really just want to hit home with? Great question. Ooh. Thanks, man. It is a great... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give... It's going to be an, an answer that's going to be a little weird. I, Get I'm weird. Say, Get weird. I'm going to say um, don't wait. It, it's just like what I hear about marriage and kids and all that type of stuff. Don't wait till you... I mean, obviously, don't go into debt, but don't wait till, okay, I'm going to wait five more years, then go, like, save up, go and experience it now because you just never know when you'll have the time. You'll never have the exact time or the exact... like. Do what you gotta do, get time off and all that. But just as important as travel is, what I've I've learned um, is how important it is to to build community mm-hmm. uh, and to Preach have it. community. Um, I I was traveling this past weekend and met with some guys that um, have families have that. We've all traveled together, and they were talking about how they're they're missing community and how much that's that's weighing on their life. So to be able to have that ability to go travel, but don't don't neglect, don't think that when you travel it's going to fix it not it's not going to fix everything in your life if you're if you're wanting to experience things and to expand your horizon i think it's a good place to start but that's not going to end your um your longings it's going to help the process but um don't don't neglect even those moments of having that community and build and you can do that in in different ways especially now with you got skype and phones and you can help nourish those things but um Get out there, travel, have fun. Even if it's traveling to different cities, go to Greenville, South Carolina. It's beautiful. I mean, just go to different places, uh, right. and and don't neglect that. Just as important as travel is, like finding a community that you can have a home, that you can plant roots, that um, you can you can sustain life, but that you can get out to go go to it. Because I I just again I, I had a very impactful weekend with some guys that they were just telling me how much they've been missing community. And I was just like, dang, we've been around the world together. We've seen some amazing things. We've had amazing experiences. And and they're, like that has been a foundational moment. So it's kind of weird talking about traveling and getting out there and doing that. But I think just as important is, is having a good balance in life, having that that place that you can, you can come back, that you can call home, that you can plant those roots, that you can have those people um, and share those experiences with, because it's, it's not meant, if we just go and we experience all these things, but keep them with ourselves, it's like Avery was talking about, I want to become more like this person. I want to be generous. I want to welcome people into a home. I want to learn from these and implement those in my life is being able to do that. Dang, that's not weird at all, man. That's awesome. That's inspirational. Avery, what you got, man? All right. I got three little nuggets. I love nuggets. First one is just what Nathan just touched on of like, um, at the same time it will help the process. Happiness isn't on the other side of the globe. Amen. Uh, your man, your problems still gonna be there. <laughs> no, that's just the <laughs> no. fact. Like your relationship problems, the things that you've got going on in your life, whatever they be, they don't go away. They follow you there. And so at the same time, it will help give you perspective, maybe even give you time to heal, maybe meet people that will help you along that journey. Just don't expect that, like, man, when I come back in six months, you're not even going to know me or I'm going to be a different person. All that stuff may be true, but, like, um, it's not necessarily because of, like, the travel over there. So uh, don't use that as, like, a crutch or an excuse. Um, The second thing is, man, be so intentional about not just taking from a place but finding ways to give back to it, 
to advocate mm. for it. Yes. When you're traveling and you just take, and what I mean by that is like you expect everything and everyone to cater to you, whatever happens, it's inconvenient. You trash talk it when you get back yep. because things didn't go the way you wanted them or you're mean to the people or whatever that is. Be open and learn and kind yes. and in any way advocate for the people there, whether that's even through your social media or the way you spend your money or whatever it is. Like, man, if you can in any way do it, give back to the place uh, that you're going to. Um, the third thing. Yeah, we need a third nugget. What's up? Yeah, I said three nuggets, and now it's escaping <laughs> my mind. <laughs> What's that? The third nugget is this. Um, <laughs> I don't remember I got, the third I got, nugget. I got a nugget, very practical. All right, this is the third nugget. Le- uh, really look into local law. I know that sounds a little ridiculous, <laughs> but when you travel, and uh, laws are different in different countries, and if you break a law in a country, you're not just going to walk out of there. Uh, and uh, just, I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but just look up to what local law may be, because there's some things that you might not be able to do or do that uh, could lead you into some weird troubles. You can't always turn right on red. That's for sure. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, my piece of nugget, my little my little advice, uh, just, you know, I haven't been around the world as much as y'all have, but the word of 2019 that I've been preaching for since January is the word of 2019, write this down, folks, is the word of intentionality. If you're going to do something with traveling or community or love or care, be intentional. Intentional is the key ingredient that a lot of people miss. It's the between of what you want the product to be and what you want the result to be. Um, or the uh, it's the thing that connects the two. And so if you want, you know, to be someone who travels or be someone who expands their comfort zone, be intentional by setting up the steps to go out Get the ticket, get the date, get the days off, do what it has to do. Like, be intentional with work and make a checklist and do it. Just do it. Um, and then the other part of like the community thing that you just mentioned, Nathan. Like, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but that was my third thing I just realized was like, sometimes you just, at the same time, you just gotta jump. You just Absolutely. gotta go for it. Absolutely. Go on the plane and see what happens. Not all the time, not 100% of the time, it's not gonna solve your problems, but sometimes you gotta do it. Sorry, just, go ahead. Just get, well, let's intentional. You know, just do it. Um, the, the thing with community was making me think of like a lot of times we long to have that connection with people and we say, man, I really wish I had that or I really wish I could do that. But then we don't take the steps to actually do it. You know, so let's be intentional in our actions and with our heart and have that impact. The I remember talking to, to Avery about wanting to do something outside of North Georgia and he's like, well, what does that look like? What are the steps you're taking? Are you even looking for something? Like, I just feel like I need, well, you got to do something, Ben. And so that's when I started researching, looking, taking the steps, like the precautions of like, all right, I got to, can I move my stuff into storage because I'm going to be gone for six months? Can I do this? Do I have someone to help me with this? And like, yeah, and just become intentional with it and get it done. Um, so yeah, that's my piece of nugget. That's a great point. It is. Um, so, but ladies and gentlemen, Avery, Nathan, I'm so appreciative of y'all being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It's been great. Love y'all so much. Uh, 
GW Nation, remember to like and subscribe us on Instagram. Follow us, and we will follow you back. We just love it. DM us if you have any things about today's episode. Uh, Avery and Nathan, they'll be on Instagram, too. Give them a follow. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Write us a review. It helps the channel out so much. We also have merchandise. I have GWB. Comfort color T-shirts. Are Boom. Ready. Yeah, they're so comfortable. I'm wearing one right now as I podcast. And we also have stickers. So make sure you get our merch. It goes directly to fund um, different equipment. We're trying to get some new mics, trying to get some new stands. It goes right back into the podcast. It's not a for-profit. It is a fundraiser. So we just appreciate it. We love you. Thank you for joining the herd and listening. We love you. And we'll see you next time on GWB.